Hey, welcome. My name is Todd. I'm here with my friend Alyssa, and we're here to talk about something I'm not qualified to talk about. Okay. You have a grin on your face. Is this this is something devious? Is this? It's be... not devious. Okay. All right. This is insomnia-induced questions. Um, Iceland diverts roads to avoid disturbing what communities? Iceland. Mm-hmm. Diverts roads to avoid disturbing what communities? Mm-hmm. Okay. It, I don't think it's a people group. I think it's an animal group. And I know, okay, so I have a friend from a long time ago who's not from Iceland. He's from the Faroe Islands. <clears throat> the okay. Faroe Islands are like this little tiny group of islands. <clears throat> and he, he would talk about, like, they would eat sheep's heads like they would boil sheep's heads, and apparently okay. that was a thing. And also they would eat uh, rosten fisk, which is rotten fish. So they would hang it, they would catch fish out mm-hmm. in the ocean, and they would hang it in the salt air until it just, like, became whatever. Like right. fish jerky, I guess. But Iceland, the Roads, Roads, I'm going to say caribou. No, I don't think they have caribou. <laughs> Is it penguins? Uh, penguins are South Pole. But well, once again, I don't know. Elves. Elves? Yes. Like fairies and elves. Creatures? Yes. Oh, so they... they have a very strong connection still with oh. elves, and they do a lot of um, things for the elf community oh, okay. and different things like that. So they do not, they will move roads or not build roads. When there are elf homes in that area, like real elf homes, like re- do we have like a real community of actual elves well, that you can go and shake their hands? I mean, like, p- it, they're they're like fairies. They're kind of like you either believe in them and or you don't. Okay, okay, so so but like um, mushrooms that grow in a circle. Okay, those are called fairy rings. Okay, in our area, not in Iceland. Okay, but like that would be something that you, you don't want to mess with. Because elves or fairies can be. But wouldn't mushrooms grow like around the in a circle if there was a dead tree like under the mushrooms? Okay, so we've had these mushrooms in grow in our front yard recently. Okay, all right. And there has not been a tree there in the last eleven years that we lived there. Okay, all right. And they just started appearing this year. So I'm I'm going to be anti-elf. <clears throat> I I mean I you know with respect to the people of Iceland, if you ever you know if this ever lands there and gets translated into Icelandic. Um, I'm going to be anti-elf. I'm okay. Say, no, I'm, I'm also going to be anti-alien. Did you see okay. the aliens from Mexico? Yes. And I also heard somebody just debunk him because he's, yeah. he's done a couple different shenanigans. Yes. In yeah. South America. I'm, I'm going to say, okay, I, I'm going to respect, like if I was going to drive on the roads in Iceland, mm-hmm. I would follow the road. Yeah. So if they divert the road to avoid the elves, right. God bless them. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna change the way I build roads in America. Okay. I'm gonna exercise eminent domain, steal property <laughs> from people, build roads. So something I do know a little bit about <clears throat> um, is uh, you know biblical studies and the way that we draw ideas from scripture and apply those ideas to the the world around us. Um, there are no elves in the Bible. 
Okay. Nor are there dwarves or <laughs> goblins. Uh, no orcs either. But anyway, um, most of our problems are actually people, you know, because yeah. people are, I mean, the world is broken by sin, you know, and I think we see the signs of that everywhere that we look that, um, you know, you think about disease, right? Mm-hmm. And you think about people dying before their time. That is because the world is a broken, fallen place, mm-hmm. uh, broken family systems, families that don't work, um, marriage, divorce, remarriage, alienated children. I mean, you just, you name it. There are mm-hmm. so many different ways that the world is broken. Uh, people are crippled by drug and alcohol abuse. And so we, we see the broken world. It's pretty obvious. It's almost the kind of thing that you don't, <clears throat> or you shouldn't even need a theological description of it, right? Mm-hmm. But we have Adam and Eve in the garden, and their their act of eating the fruit from the tree, um, which we don't know if it was an apple or not. Okay. <laughs> Interesting side note. So the word in Latin for evil is malum, and the word for apple is malam. Uh. So in the Latin translation of the Bible, they went with malam, right? Or they, they had a play on words there. Anyway, <clears throat> probably wasn't an apple. But what they did by violating God's command is that they were rebelling against him, you know? Mm-hmm. And we see that with kids all the time. Like our, our hearts are turned towards rebellion. If you tell a child, don't touch that, it's hot, what are they going to do? They're, they're going to touch it, right? Sometimes. So, sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, almost every... Uh, well, I think almost every time. If we, if I were to tell my kids, don't touch that, it's hot, they're not going to touch it. Well, but your kids are really smart. <laughs> so, uh, you're, I mean, your kids are like next level smart. What, Jonah's how old? Six. Six, yeah, and he's like reading the Bible and stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> your kids don't count. In my experience with children, okay. um, in, in most, typically, I guess. T- typically, maybe. yeah. Okay, we'll say typically, and but you still see you still see rebellion, you know, in kids. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's very subtle, you know, but we're we're rebels at heart. We really are, and so the world is broken. We see that in the Garden of Eden. We see that in the in the experience of the world around us, and that really lends into like relationships. And mm-hmm. so the Bible is often. Um, <clears throat> communicating about our relationship to God, but also relationships within the community and or, or within the community of um, people following God, right? But then also, how do you act with people outside that community, right? So we should have um, an ethic inside the community where we view each other as a, it's a very tight relational bond. The Bible calls it brothers and sisters, right? So when you think of someone as a brother or a sister, um, what does that relationship look like in the modern world? Close friendship. Yeah. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do. How many? I have an older sister and a younger brother. Oh, all right. So you're a middle child? I am. Are you okay? Yes. Okay, good. Because I'm also the oldest child. Oh, (laughs) all right. So I'm my mom's oldest Uh and I'm my dad's middle. Gotcha. So I was... The middle child every other weekend. Mm, okay. Kind of thing. All right. That I mean, you know, however it works, right? Yeah. I'm number um, three of four, but my two older brothers were like 13 years older than I. Mm-hmm. So in some ways I was the oldest of the younger set. Yeah. 
See, and there's also a big age, like my sister and I are seven years apart. My brother and I are five years apart. Oh, yeah. So there were some aspects where, like, I remember distinctly my sister was graduating from high school. My brother was starting school, and yeah. I was just there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but the relationship between Christians is supposed to be a brother-sister relationship. Mm -hmm. And in the ancient world, like, that, that connection between brothers and sisters, you were closer to your brothers and sisters than you were to your spouse. Mm. Because that was your, your primary um, unit of organization, the way that you thought about yourself in the world was as a child of your father, okay, yeah. or your grandfather, mm -hmm. you were that that close. And so family groups were just really, really bonded. And when Christianity erupted into the world because of Jesus, um, <clears throat> a lot of people who became followers of Jesus severed the bonds of family. And so mm. they were uh, ostracized, cast out, but then that's where the New Testament comes in and says, no, 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 you have a new family. Mm -hmm. The technical term is a fictive kinship group. If you want to, you know, wave that around, <laughs> fill that out in your homework or anything. But this fictive kinship group was supposed to have ties as close as the bonds of your natural family. So people would be taken care of, mm -hmm. right? And solving conflict in that community was a priority. It was very important. And so that's where you have... <clears throat> you know, one of the texts that we used on Sunday was uh, Luke 17, 3. Uh, let's back up to 17, 1. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And so this is a really important idea. You know, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Mm -hmm. And so I know in my relationship with my wife, she values peace. Like she doesn't want us to argue um, mm -hmm. almost ever. She just... She avoids arguing if she can. Um, that makes her a very uh, an excellent wife. She does a great job. Uh, not a job. She's a great partner. Yeah. <clears throat> Good job, honey. Um, but things are bound to go awry in our relationships. Mm -hmm. There it is. It's right there in the text. But when you're the cause of someone stumbling, and stumbling here is like, they're falling into sin, so they're they're going against their conscience, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just a disagreement about carpet color. It's they're going against their conscience. They're doing something that they think is morally wrong or something that is in Scripture that is described as being wrong. Okay. So if you're the person who's causing people to stumble, then that's really bad. Probably the biggest example from the ancient world is um, eating meat. Right. Mm -hmm. So most of the time people ate bread. Uh, that was their regular, their daily thing. I think we've talked about this a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and that's where like the idea of stumbling, um, if you force somebody to eat meat. Another one that comes up from time to time is the celebration of days. Right. Because some people would, a person who converts from Judaism would be accustomed to laying low on the Sabbath, like not really doing mm -hmm. any work. But pagans worked all the time. Right. So how do you balance that in a community where these people are doing different things? Probably some of the examples in 
<clears throat> in the modern church, um, the big thing when I was at Bible college was movies. Mm-hmm. Like, what movies can you go see? Could you go see an R-rated movie? Yeah. In my college, you couldn't. There was an approved R-rated movie list. Ah. But otherwise, you weren't allowed to have R-rated movies on campus or watch them kind of thing. Yeah. And that's um, that was a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's um, it's hard because it, it, it's easy to write a rule, right, as mm-hmm. an institution. Okay, here's the rule. Follow the rule. But really, I think what Scripture points to is a relationship where mm-hmm. a group of students are like, hey, we're going to go see a movie. Oh, what movie? Oh, we're going to go see what's – a, what's a good movie? Aliens. We're going to go <laughs> see Aliens, Club. right? Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Is that R? Yeah, that's rated really? R. Okay, Breakfast Club. Do you want to go? It's rated R for when it came out. For when it came out, yeah. If it came out today, it PG-13 would, maybe? Yeah. For language, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. And maybe some uh, – well, there's not – they're in a school. Yeah, language yeah, would I be – I think it was just language. I, I don't know. I'm not going to go watch it again. I watched it probably 20 years ago when it came out. Mm. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Do you, do you like Aliens? No. No? I don't, no, I, I don't watch Aliens. I like Aliens. Anyway. So, but, but then, so you propose to the group, we're going to a movie, and then, you know, one or two people are like, yeah, I don't want to go see that. I'm really uncomfortable with that. I think that it's wrong. It would be morally wrong for me to go. So in this situation, it would be, two things would be wrong. For the person who doesn't want to watch that movie to force the group not to go, mm-hmm. right? Or for the group to force that person or persons to go, mm-hmm. right? So, like, th- there should be enough of a relationship that people say, well, you know what? If you want to go, if you're available tonight but not tomorrow, we'll go see that movie tomorrow and then we'll go see this movie tonight, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or the person who has that conviction that they shouldn't do something, you guys go have fun. I'll yeah. read a book. Aliens is actually a book, too. Anyway, don't cause people to stumble, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. Now, what I have pulled up, and, and uh, you at home can't see it, but there's, um, so I use a Bible study program, and I actually have two different Bible translations pulled up, but I also have the Life Application Study Bible, the um, ESV Systematic Theology Study Bible, the New Bible Commentary. So I have a bunch of different things open at one time. And in the Life Application Study Bible, it says this, to rebuke does not mean to point out every sin we see. It means to bring sin to a person's attention with the purpose of restoring him or her to God and to fellow humans. When you feel you must rebuke another Christian for a sin, check your attitudes before you speak. Do you love that person? Are you willing to forgive? Unless rebuke is tied to forgiveness, it will not help the sinning person. And that's where, you know, we go back to Matthew 18, Matthew 5, where in this conflict management stuff that we've been talking about, you might be wrong. Mm -hmm. And so when you come to someone and say, hey, I think there's something going on in your life, we should be humble enough for that person to say, no, actually, you're wrong, right? It Mm -hmm. starts a conversation. And in that conversation, when we realize that we're wrong, I'm going to kind of approach somebody about the sin in their life and realize that I'm wrong, I'm going to say, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to go back and think this through again. I've probably used this example. I don't remember if it was, it was on the pod or not. You'll remember. I won't. Um, <laughs> somebody approached my son, approached me about my son using Pokemon. Oh, cards. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 
Well, he was well-intentioned. You know, he was a good guy. He was well-intentioned. He said, hey, I think you're letting your son do something that's wrong. And so I thought about it, talked to some people about it, prayed about it, and decided to let my son play with Pokemon cards. Mm -hmm. Turns out he's not addicted to Pokemon cards. I think it's one of those things where it's, you want to approach it as this is how I'm thinking. This is what I have learned from my research. Mm -hmm. um, and then asking that a person's opinion more of like, so this is what I kind of believe. Where mm -hmm. are you coming from? Maybe we can find, maybe you'll change my mind. And, you know, like mm -hmm. maybe there's a little bit more of a, it's a learning experience yeah. because you learned a little bit more about Pokemon cards through that. I don't remember much. <laughs> But, you know, you didn't just, oh, yeah, because he's done a little bit of research. You know, right. you, you went and. I don't know how much research he did. He was the kind of guy that he he was very, he was kind of known for approaching people about things that he, he gotcha. thought were wrong, which I appreciate about him. Right. Mm -hmm. The world needs those kind of people. If we never do that, we never, right. you know, seek, seek more information or seek better resolutions. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> rebuke them. But here I think is where four is very important. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back saying to you, I repent, you must forgive them. And so it creates this obligation to forgive. And so we as Christians have to be disposed towards forgiveness. Mm -hmm. We have to be ready to forgive people. But I also want to say, you know, there are people in the world who you can forgive, but that doesn't mean that you have to have a close relationship with them. You don't have to forget. You don't have to forget, right? And you don't have to open yourself up to abuse or manipulation or bad treatment. Mm -hmm. It is okay, and this goes back to Romans uh, 18, 12, 12, 18, where it says, as much as possible, live at peace with all men, which tells me that you might not be able to live at peace with some people. Mm -hmm. So if, if distance is something that you need, have a conversation, say, hey, uh, I forgive you, but I can't be around you because it's traumatic for some reason or it's just um, in the best interests of, you know, children, mm -hmm. you know, those, we should protect children. That's a big thing for me. And so this is where, <clears throat> like the story I used from the Old Testament this week goes back to 2 Samuel. And 2 Samuel is all about King David. Um, well, 2 Samuel. So anyway, 2 Samuel 11 anyway. It's all about King David. And his famous sin with a woman whose name is Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. Now, Bathsheba was very beautiful, and David saw her as he was walking by on the roof. Um, she was bathing, so she was unclothed. There is a Veggie Tales all about this, by the way. There's a Veggie Tales about David and Bathsheba? Yes, but it's a rubber ducky. It's a rubber ducky. Yeah. I may have to watch that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to watch <laughs> The Breakfast Club, but I may need to watch some Veggie Tales this week. <clears throat> Sorry. No, that's 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 mind blowing. Once again, something I did not know. But one of the things that David did is he saw this woman and he coveted this woman and he had a relationship with this woman. And the way the text describes it, it was very it, it barely approaches one night stand territory. Mm -hmm. Like they had sex. That's pretty much the end of it. But she comes up pregnant. Now, scholars debate, you know, how how involved was Bathsheba in this situation? Did she know that the king was going to walk on the wall? Did she? Did David mm -hmm. have a regular time? Mm -hmm. Did she try to entice him? 
Um, then there's another group that says, well, there's such a power difference between the two that, um, you know, David, when David summons you, when the king summons you, you have to show up. And then when he proposes something, she was kind of powerless to resist. Yeah. Um, so there, there are scholars that kind of go back and forth along those lines. But when it comes to accountability for the sin, David is held pretty strongly accountable. Um, Bathsheba, too, because the child that they produce together dies. Um, although Bathsheba is also the mother of Solomon. So it's it's just the, it's a complicated story. It's, it's not easy <laughs> to unravel. There's no simple answer here. So, but one of the things that David did is he had Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, killed. Um, <clears throat> and that's where, like his attitude, he just he's very callous about all of the consequences of his bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, what amazes me is that. David was using the people in the ca- in the palace to like act for him. When it comes to Bathsheba, he tells somebody, "Go f- go get her for me." Mm-hmm. So when he had the relationship with her, somebody surely knew David wasn't. You know, he was surrounded by people all the time. Right, it wasn't secret. Yeah, it wasn't like, secret. You know, oh, um, what were you two doing in there? It's like, well. <clears throat> When Bathsheba reported her pregnancy, she didn't saunter into the palace and say, oh, by the way, your majesty, she sent a message by somebody who knew. (laughs) And so all of these people go back to Luke 17. And it's like, why did no one, these are obvious sins. These are things that, that somebody should have been like, my lord, the king, this is not right. My lord, the king, this is Uriah's wife. Well, but I mean, in that time and day, if the servant or somebody spoke to the king or anybody like that they they would probably be thrown in prison if not it, killed it like it, yeah. it, if david's uh, i mean we don't you see that with saul i think you know saul was very capricious and very violent i don't think that the text really tells us that about david but that doesn't mean that he couldn't have done it mm-hmm. like or or really that people were so incredibly and intensely loyal to him mm. that they were unwilling to for whatever reason they were unwilling to say Hey, this is a bad idea, mm-hmm. you know? Well, it just, it makes me think of like all of, well, I guess Austin Powers is the one that I thought of at first, but any of those bad movies where there's the bad guy who has like a whole, mm. you know, nation essentially of hired mm-hmm. workers who just do their bidding. Like wh- yeah. where did they come from? Why are they agreeing to it? Like The villains. Right. Like, do they not see what's happening or mm-hmm. realize that they're, you know, kind of things? So. I recently rewatched Chernobyl. It's a miniseries about the meltdown of a nuclear power plant in Russia in the 80s. And everybody was afraid to speak the truth. The truth was there was a design flaw in that reactor that caused a disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, But nobody could say anything because you would be demeaning the Communist Party and saying bad things. Which, by the way, I am not demeaning the Communist Party at all, in case you're listening, Communist Party. Actually, I am. The communist people are bad. Uh, the com- the system of communism is bad. It's probably full of good people who feel very trapped. Yeah. So. <clears throat> but yeah, like why why aren't the people yeah say stepping up saying fear would yeah. be one option. Love would be another option. Just intense loyalty to David. Um, <clears throat> what other motives could there be? There wasn't as many tabloids that they could sell the story to. Yeah, they can't sell the story. 
it's probably well i mean but people talk right i mean whatever's yeah. happening in the palace is certain to filter down to the masses true but they also had other things that they had to worry about like eating yeah and tigers yeah i don't where are there lions in the area yeah samson yeah, but they specifically had the lions in the den. No, that, no, Samson found them out in the wild. Oh, okay. Ah, something I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the ecosystem, and it doesn't seem like they would. Yeah, lions and bears, like, uh, that was the thing. Like, okay. maybe not in the sense of African lions, but, like, mountain lions or okay. something mountain, similar. Yeah. Yeah. I guess all of the picture Large books. Large feline predators. All of the picture books of Daniel and the lion's den, yeah. you know, are lions with the manes, not... Yeah mountain lions that's uh, so here's what i don't know okay i don't know what genus and species of lion they had in the middle <laughs> east but i know there were lions yeah yeah i mean that makes sense because we do have well we don't have mountain lions we have bobcats in the area but yeah. probably bigger than our bobcat yeah. yeah how big are bobcats oh wikipedia <clears throat> there's they're somewhere between a house cat and a lion okay <laughs> All right, so, uh, but but what's happening here, like, David's got all these things, and, and he, what he doesn't have, what he didn't put in place is a community that would speak truth to him. Or, I, see, I, that that's what I think is really happening here. In all the things that, that we need as people, we need to be characterized by truth-seeking. Mm -hmm. So this comes from uh, Annie Duke, uh, her book, uh, Thinking in Bets, where she talks about, she's a poker player, a professional poker player. And you have to have a group of people who will critique your actions in poker mm -hmm. so that you can get better at playing mm -hmm. poker, right? And there's a big dose of luck that's involved. Oh, yeah. With chess, like, it's much more mechanical. Like, you can know, like, if you make a mistake in chess, you can say, okay, this is the mistake. Mm -hmm. But you can make good decisions in poker and still lose. Right. right? Because if someone has a 40% chance of winning, right, which is not a good chance, mm -hmm. it's still a chance. Right. Even a 10% chance is still a chance. So if you have a, I don't know, pair of aces, right, and that's all you have, mm -hmm. okay, you could win. Are you playing Hold'em or Five Card? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot about poker. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I, I know I would lose money. Okay. So that's, you know, that's my thing. Um, I think we need to have a poker night. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. I don't have a lot of money. Oh, we play nickels and dimes. Nickels and dimes? Oh, sure. I'll lose. I'll lose nickels and dimes. So, um, but when you create a group of people who are committed to seeking the truth and they have a relational unity where they're willing to not let truth-seeking destroy the relationship, mm -hmm. right? So that someone has the freedom to come to you and say, hey, I think this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really one of the things that we're missing in modern culture. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't like my opinion about something, I'll just go find somebody who does like my opinion right. about something. Where I think it's actually much, much healthier to be able to say, I see your perspective, but I don't agree with you, mm -hmm. right? And that's where you and I, we have very different perspectives on some things. Yeah. But we have an understanding, okay, you think differently than I do. That's okay. The world needs people like you. Right. You know? well, I think that's 
uh, I was thinking of people who come into power, they tend to surround themselves by the yes people just like mm -hmm. uh, David did. Mm -hmm. And so then they just always think they're in the right mm. and they get off course, off yeah. path mm -hmm. because they won't listen when somebody's like, mm, I don't know if you should be doing that. They just fire them. Right. Kind of thing. I think so. I, <clears throat> so I'm the, the pastor of a small church, right? Um, I like it when people affirm my decisions, right? Mm -hmm. I listen when people don't. Mm -hmm. um, even uh, if people don't agree um, and want to yell about it, okay, that's that's fine. Um, doesn't happen very often. Uh, more often than you'd, you'd imagine. Um, <laughs> pastors get yelled at. Um, but I always try to look for the kernel of truth in those situations, right? Mm -hmm. What's the what's the truth? Um, and some people like they get frustrated because they're not, they're not really, they're not seeking the truth in that moment. Mm -hmm. There are people who would normally be open to truth, right? But in that moment where they're frustrated or their emo emotions are up, they need something more emotional. I'm mm -hmm. learning that about myself actually. Mm -hmm. That when somebody is having an emotional moment, I need to recognize that and um, set aside the aggressive truth seeking, right? Right, and try to understand and emote mm -hmm. with whoever I'm talking to. I'm trying to think of a recent example. Um, yeah, I think we were talking to somebody on the porch this past week. I don't know. Yeah, we, we had a meeting this past week, and some folks are going through some stuff, and just tried to sit and really just listen, mm -hmm. you know, hold off on the advice, hold off on what the Bible says, right? you know, and just really listen and say, you know, I understand, I get it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and sometimes that's, that's hard. Well, and I've discovered that some, sometimes you just have to talk through the situation. Mm. Like you're, I'm really upset about a certain situation. And then all I have to do is relay the, re relay the information. And mm. then I'm like, okay, now I see it. And then I, you know, I've kind of gotten mm -hmm. processed it, I guess, right. is mm -hmm. what yeah, it is. Yeah, some people process more externally. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That happens in my in my relationship with Ruth Ann because she will be talking about something. And I'm looking for, you know, who needs to be killed or who what needs right. to be done. Like, what's the task list? Right. And sometimes there isn't a task list at first. Mm -hmm. But then it becomes a task <laughs> as she's processing through. Mm -hmm. And so then for me, I just have to like really say, okay, wait a minute. What, what, what do I need to do here? Because I, again, it's just, it's a personal thing. I just have to figure out how to help my wife or how to be a good husband. Mm -hmm. And it, that act of communication is so important. But we have to do this with our friends too, mm -hmm. right? We have to <clears throat> discern a truth-seeking situation or at least put those cards on the table. Hey, I'm looking for truth in this situation, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to pursue what's true, but also recognize when things are so emotion laden that we have to say, oh, wait, you just need, you just need me to emote with you. Mm -hmm. I think in David's situation, um, he, he probably did surround himself with people or maybe even because all of the guys are off at war. Oh, yeah. You know, his trusted counselors who would say, hey, that's your eye's wife. What are you thinking? They're off at war. Mm -hmm. But that goes back to like the first opening of chapter 11, where it says, 
it was a time when kings are going out to war and David's in the palace. Mm. And so right off the bat, right at the get-go, we see that something's wrong. Now, what doesn't give us a reason, it doesn't say, you know, David had a spear wound in his leg and he's trying to recover. Mm -hmm. You know, he was wrestling a lion or a lion-like <laughs> creature um, and, you know, pulled a hamstring or, what you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't tell us why, but it does tell us that David wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. Um, there's an old proverb, idle hands are the devil's plaything, right? Mm -hmm. And so keep busy. Keep busy about doing the right things and seek truth. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, something I know a little bit about and I think so okay. we're a yes on Sasquatch no I think I'm still no one I'm, I'm no one Bigfoot Bigfoot yeah okay. I'm no one aliens I'm no one elves maybe on little on mermaids or were you a no no I'm a, I'm a hard no one on mermaids okay just gotta try and keep all those straight yeah I I need a list 